0: basically the the night before the storm was on its way out of tampa and uh it had made its way like through um new orleans and it, it hit us and it hit us pretty much all what was that thursday no it was wednesday like wednesday it was pretty raining pretty hard i i wish i would have taken a video of me like standing in the middle of the storm outside just the rain just pounding on top of me. Um, But um, so it grounded all flights going to Tampa that night, and I get an alert alert at like eleven thirty p.m. Alert, saying that our uh, alert (laughs) alert Paul Blart alert cop. Um, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, and our flight had been delayed six hours or something like that. And the next morning we wake up and it's delayed like another like few hours. And we see that the storm, had, Ida had made its way up to New York and it had flooded JFK Airport. And our plane, our particular plane, was coming from JFK Airport. So it wasn't able to take off. Um, so uh, that stalled a few more hours. Um, we get to the airport and we check in. We get there at like 1 o'clock. The plane is supposed to take off. This is with all the delays already. It's supposed to take off at 3 o'clock. When we get there, the plane lands. It finally takes off in New York, and it lands in Tampa. And there's a mechanical issue with it. Like, it's something with the filters. And because of the COVID laws, you have to have, like, a certain amount of filters that are functional in the airplane for it to, to take off again. And they don't have a part at the airport. They have to get it flown in from Atlanta. So it delays it, like, another two hours because we have to wait for this part to come all the way from Atlanta. It just was a fucking mess after a mess. And I didn't even end up landing in 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 uh, in, uh, in L.A. till like nine thirty or something like that. It was brutal. So if if we were even gonna pod that night, I would have just been an absolute like barely awake. Would have been awful. Here comes the story
1: but- of the hurricane.
0: Well, I saw
1: Shang Chi that that night, and it was fucking tight
0: yeah i need to go see that it's really? got 92 percent dude 92 percent of rotten tomatoes that's pretty not normal for a, a, a superhero movie it
1: was re- it was it was really good and i'm yeah i usually will with more like you know i'm a huge marvel fan but i'm also a uh critical person and i came out of that and i'm like i i genuinely like love that movie it was really really
0: good i hate aquafina though really i hate her Oh Hate man, her. I love her. Hate her. Hate her. Hate her with the passion and everything she does. She's just annoying to me. She's not funny. She's like, "Oh wow, I don't know why I do it. Oh, this crazy. Oh wow. Wow." She's like Owen Wilson but a female version. It's like she's Wait, do you not so like funny. Owen Wilson? No, I do, but not a female version of it. You've seen like Crazy Richard after it. Yeah. I hated her in that movie. She was, like, the worst part of but it. But do you like that movie? It's okay. Like, it's fine. Like, I get it. I You know, I, I get the whole, like, the whole thing about it, but it's okay. Anyways, what welcome to like the Aquafina what did, hate War, hour. What did you like about it? I love that movie. Look, sometimes you, you just want to... You just look. What did you love about it? I want to know what you loved about it. Like, what about that movie, like, you particularly just caught you that you love it so much you're willing to defend it on this podcast? Um... Look, I'll, give you, I, I'll give you i'll give you two minutes and I'm, then our audience is probably gonna get annoyed by this but. yes
1: i'm always one for hey look rom-coms throw it at me man um yep. i believe in communism rom communism as ted lasso once said uh i thought it was a very like the the vibrance of how the movie was shot i thought was like real it was just very fun between like how Singapore was like its own character seeing like the fashion in the movie seeing like the set pieces in the movie especially like the wedding scene I'm like that was I loved it and look man I'm a, I'm a cheese at, at, at the end of the day and like just how the movie ended and all that I loved it it's like I, I genuinely like love that movie and mm. um, that's just my two cents I don't know what else I can say onto it it really it just makes me want to go to Singapore um, but speaking of rom-coms we'll finish this conversation right here After we talked about Adam Sandler movies, literally two nights later,
0: we watched Wedding Singer. Still holds up. Anyways, welcome
1: to the Town Gill tailgate. First time back in two weeks. Hello, everybody. We
0: promised this is a baseball podcast, not a movie podcast.
1: Yes. Even though I felt like I probably watched more baseball, more uh, movies in this last week than A's baseball because it's been torture.
0: Well, because yeah, you have to watch a good rom com in order to like get your mood back, like happy, and for the fucking insane disappointment you just had to watch for three hours. <sighs> Although tonight was the exception, not the rule. Man. Tonight was pretty satisfying. Yeah, it's
1: good times. Another Anyways, we got we got a lot to talk about for this week. Uh, the big three. We got history. Wait, over- hold on, Julio.
0: What? Don't forget to follow us on oh, chat. Twitter at don't forget to uh follow around the diamond we are part of the around the diamond podcast network um you can follow us on twitter i don't remember our handles exactly what they are but gotta do the you gotta do the opening plug leo normally that's that's something that you you blame me for also hey
1: congrats uh around the diamond they just got thousand followers on twitter so shout out to our boys get it uh, but anyways, lots to talk about. Uh, we have a few uh, record-breaking things we want to talk about. Salvi Perez is a very like underrated story of the year. Uh, we have a new members of the Cooperstown Hall of Fame and of course the uh, Los Gigantes Adoyer series. Plus, we got some A's news. Billy Bean might be leaving again. Oh, God. this We talked about
0: this before. I don't believe those rumors anymore, but we'll get into that.
1: Uh, he, he pucked up too much, and I was getting sent down, as well as some other A stories. And plus, this week's segment, we're going to be talking about the wild, wild ale wild card. Talk about who are the contenders, the strength
0: of schedule, and what we really think is going to happen at the end. But- Does anyone really want to win this wild card? Does anyone really want to do it? That's the question that we're going to try to answer, folks. Yep, we got a lot to talk about. But first, Salvi
1: is on pace to break the single-season home run record set by a catcher. Uh, the Kansas City Royals do not have a lot to play for this season. Uh, I believe they're—I don't have the standing in front of me, but they're third place in a pretty mediocre AL Central. But Salvador Perez is somebody who— I think we've both really loved over his whole career. And this year he's showing why when he retires, he's he's going to be in Cooperstown. He has 42 home runs right now, which is one away from the most home runs by a catcher. Javi Lopez did hit 43 in 2003, but the most home runs uh, by a primary catcher is 45 by Johnny Bench. But only 38 of those home runs came as a catcher, which complicates things but chris dude
0: how awesome is this hold on does that complicate things that's being a little bit too specific in my opinion that's like like mike piazza like like i mean what's he at he's got he's got to be around i don't think he hit quite hit 40 but he's got to be around the mid 30s range and he maybe played a quarter of his games at. actually no he played in he played in uh in not dh he played in fucking Played the, the NL League. his so, career besides with the A's. Yeah, uh, he right, had so, two I mean,
1: seasons where he hit
0: forty. Honestly, semantics. That's bullshit. Like, what? What do we? What do we get into here? Um, uh, what was your original question? Salvador Perez. What? Um, just
1: you know, just initial thoughts, man. And the fact I think that threw me off the most is when we were talking about this earlier texting, and you're like, he's thirty <laughs> one.
0: He's younger than Buster Posey, dude. He's younger than me. I never, I never would have, I never would have thought that he was younger than Buster Posey. When I think of like, when I think of the catchers of, so we, I'm glad that we discussed this earlier. So me and Julio were kind of like debating earlier today. Um, I said Salvador Perez and Buster Poseys are Buster Posey are the catchers of this generation, which is like our generation. And he said Yadier Merlina. and I said, well, Yadier is kind of like the generation before. And I feel like Joe Maurer is that generation. It's like Joe Maurer and Yadier Molina was that before. Decade is a better word for it. So Yad- yadi and, and Joe Maurer were the catchers of the 2000s decade, I would say. 2010s, maybe mid-2010s, you could argue for them. 2010s are definitely Salvador Perez and Buster Posey. It feels like Buster Posey's been around, I mean not Buster Posey, it feels like Salvador Perez has been around for so fuck fucking long and he seems so old because he's just so mature and he's always kind of been mature during their world series run in 2014 he felt or 2015 sorry he felt very like mature like he had been there for a few years but I mean we're wrong he's in his like early 20s during that time and I I don't know It's, it's just kind of crazy to think about it this way this guy is 31 he probably has Six more years at the catcher position, maybe eight to nine more years as a career in, in Major League Baseball. That's fucking wild to think about. And we talked about this right before we came on air, Leo. This is the hands down the most home runs he's ever hit in a season. Like, it's not even close. Before that, the most he ever hit was 27. What year was that again? Uh, I believe it was 2018. Yes, 2018. 2018 that wasn't that long ago but 27 home runs I mean like to go to to go to now 42 potentially I mean probably more than that that's unfucking believable and let me ask you this Julio before you just real quick answers before you hop into your thoughts about it if he plays for the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Mets is he not hands down the MVP of the season ooh that I love that I love he, that quote. Like, he's already kind of in consideration, but is he not hands down? Because he's also a defensive stud. He's probably going to win the gold glove. Ooh. That's tough. That's tough because if, like – It's really not. I feel like it's an obvious yes. One, those are winning teams, and two, they're East Coast bias teams that people will deep throat regularly. You know, I hate to say this, too. I don't think
1: the more that I've kind of thought about it and kind of seeing how, like, when I initially – like. Said, hey, we should talk about this. Um, he might not even finish in top three votes. It's probably going to yeah. be... Like, Marcus might get ahead of him, man. Even though Which I is- totally believe he should... No, yeah. I think I don't think he's going to win at the end of the day. I still think, like, Otani's fucking crazy. Um, and, like, Vladdy. just seeing how insane and how sustained he's been this whole entire year. They both deserve it over Salvi. But... God, that's tough. I still wouldn't. I, okay, I wouldn't do it over Otani, but I would do it over Vladdy.
0: Shohei plays for a shitty team too, though. So, like, why are we giving him the exception? And I know the reason why, but I'm just I'm, I'm being that, that's yeah, know. that's just the reason. Why. Just, look, if Otani, why are we giving hit, him the exception but not Salvador Perez? It's because Otani does it on both sides of the ball, obviously, and also but, like
1: Otani's a lethal base stealer now too. But, um...
0: He's a lethal everything doer. That's, yeah, that's what that's yeah, not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure
1: if you give yeah. him a week out on the field, yeah. he'll turn into a Gold Glover. But, uh... Um, yeah. Shit, I think, honestly, I think you would be right. Um
0: If he's in the NL, he wins it, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. If yep, he's yep, the yep. catcher of the Dodgers, or if he's the catcher of the Mets, or if he's the catcher of even the Phillies, he wins it. In my opinion. Yeah,
1: because who's the... Well, I think uh, one of the things we want to do in a couple weeks is when we get close to season, is do our end of season awards. Um, yeah. But hell, dude, yeah, if he was in the National League, I think he would he would win it. But I also have to say, if he was in the National League, he wouldn't be playing as much because he doesn't have the caveat of just DHing when he needs to.
0: He wouldn't be playing as much. No, be, much yeah. DH-ing
1: has so this year? Um, on the MLB like the site that we have for the link for it. Uh, 28 of his of his 42 home runs came as a the uh, a, a primary catcher, so he would DH and then. That's still more than his season total before the season. Just saying. Just one Dude, freaking Javi Lopez though, 42 of his 43 home runs is him catching. So or we can both say confidently confidently though, uh, Salvi's going
0: to the Hall of Fame, right? I I don't. Do we have to debate this? <laughs> like I mean, yes. So Chris, oh, there's no, still people down here. he's downhill. played hundred he's okay. played hundred and nine games at catcher, only thirty games at DH. That's about normal that's about your normal home. That's about your normal splits for a nat- for any catcher. Because the nationally catcher instead of I guess he would lose some at bats in that point. Um all right, yeah, okay, touche. Anyway, I was gonna sorry, say, so Chris,
1: sorry? there's still people down where we live who don't think Buster Posey is gonna be a Hall of Famer. So, who are those people? Idiots. They're like it. So there's probably they're some not people allowed like, to
0: talk about. They're not allowed to talk about baseball anymore. It's no, just, that's that's the rule. No, it's that's the rule. Yeah, I was like, don't talk to me about baseball. Yeah,
1: uh, even before this season, fuck off. He's I'm like, of dude, he can retire right now, and he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. He like yeah. he, it's, god, it's
0: three World, so World Series, one MVP, uh, five plus time All Star two two or three time gold Glover and we don't need to get into that they're stupid anyway um what were you saying I interrupted you again oh no that was just a- just just that just that people are are stupid and they don't they they think that Buster Posey's not uh, a, a Hall of Famer so they think that Salve they're they could potentially make the argument that Salvi's not a Hall of Famer is that what you're trying to say pretty much
1: hey speaking of people uh stupid people not saying somebody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame let's talk about this week's the Hall of Fame induction ceremony where uh, we had a couple of players who were, or a couple of people who were elected a part of the Veteran Committee. committee. One was Marvin Miller, who was the labor leader for MLB during the 1966-1982 years, where he became pretty much the face of what modern-day player negotiations became. He was kind of the founder of free agency, and baseball wouldn't be what where he's at. Now, uh, Ted Simmons, who was a switching catcher from the Brewers and the Cardinals... Uh, it was pretty interesting. I was kind of reading up about him. We don't really have to say too much about him. Just congrats. Uh, but they said that, like, the, what kind of pushed him over the top recently was a lot of the saver metrics behind his numbers. Like, yo, we kind of undervalued this guy in his prime. We should put him in now, so aggress him.
0: Was the- he a veteran committee vote in?
1: Yes. yeah veteran committee. Uh, but the two main guys for this year, Chris, we talked about this in an earlier podcast, But uh, Larry Walker is in his 10th and final year of election. He finally gets in. Kudos, kudos. But the headliner uh, in his first year of eligibility is Derek Jeter. Could have been unanimous, but missed by one vote.
0: Um, Yeah, whoever that one vote is, fuck that guy.
1: So I I, want to just say this off the top of the head, because I feel like we're having hearing so much Jeter backlash over the last week, as anticipation of this day, was Derek Jeter the best shortstop of his generation? May- maybe. Is Cal Ripken in this generation? See, that's the thing. He's played for so long. You're like, okay, you got Cal Ripken, Cal Ripken, you got A Rod. I would you got, c- I would put A Rod over Ripken... him, to be
0: honest with you. Yeah, but A Rod took steroids, so I can't accept that. As a rule of, you know, I'm my stance yes. on steroids, so I I got to stick to that. Was he? Coworkan, I would I would argue, was the generation before. Yeah, though. yeah, agreed.
1: Was yeah. he the best player? Uh, was he ever the best player in the league throughout his time? No. No. Was he the best winner throughout that whole time and came through every single time? Fuck yes.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So I'm just I'm I feel bad for. Uh, not really. They deserve it. Uh, the Schlatters and the rest of these Yankee fans are like people disrespect Derek Jeter. I'm like one, don't listen to these people. They're stupid. But two, like anybody, are people who... really disrespecting. Derek yes, I people have not still heard that. want to disrespect him, and it's like, look, man, like there, there's nobody. Like how many people can perform at that high of a level, in that big of a stage, and the biggest city in the world consistently
0: for almost 20 years, like he did? It's like, come mm, on, man. <laughs> step up in all these big moments, like I mean, he got the nickname Mister N- Mister November, the Captain. Um, like, come it's so stupid. Yeah. But it, so, are you
1: are you lem- kind of in the same boat as me, where it's like, um, when we've t- kind of talked about the players we've hated in yesteryears, now you've kind of softened up over the years, and you're like, I, your opinions changed on them. Like, I mean, I'm assuming we're in the same boat. Like, you probably hated Derek Jeter, but then as no, you, no, I
0: never, I never really hated Derek Jeter. I, really, I, I just, yeah. I resented him, but I wouldn't say that I hated him. Like, I, I, he, it wasn't like, fuck that guy. Like, fuck him. I hope he fucking gets hurt in this playoff series. Like, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, fucking, this dude's doing this to us again? Come on. Like, well, here's my difference between my fandom with the A's and my fandom with, like, other teams, like the Raiders, for example, is, like, I, I, I blame their shortcomings mostly on them than I do the other team. It's not it, – like, that's – yeah, it's just it yeah it's just different uh, let me ask you this though so you're you versed enough in baseball history you know you know your history a little bit not as much as me but you you you're you're you like to pay attention wow, to wow wow look history. at that look at that <laughs> I mean anyways go on go I would, on I mean anybody could be versed in baseball history if you just watch Ken Burns documentary that I'll, I'll say that as somebody like who just crazy, watched Ratatouille like, the expertise. other day anyone could cook exactly uh, but uh, where does he rank on your all time like shortstop list is he in your top five <sighs> he's
1: not ahead of Bobby Crosby <laughs> um, shit ah! of my lifetime for sure I I, don't, yeah. I I like I don't see why you like the only guys I would put ahead of him would be like Cal Ripken and like a rod. It's just the biggest thing really? with him A-Rod, is just like sustainability, dude. I was just like, he was a three time three ten hitter all time. Um, yeah. I don't like is he he's probably yeah he's easily <clears> like a top five top ten catchers ever. But um, statistically, there are other guys who were better than he was that his time like just Cal, like I think Cal was like a two-time MVP winner. If Derek yeah, Jeter Cal, won an MVP my, at one
0: point, I think he would have. Cal's my number one, and Cal more or less, I mean that that Orioles team in A3 was really good, but he kind of carried that team. He pretty much like put the team on his back. Cal's my number one. Honus Wagner's my number two. Um, he's The only reason why he's not number one is because he played in a league that didn't have black people. Um, But I'm, I'm just – I think every Yankee fan would say – jeter's one and i think that they would be extremely uninformed to say that
1: <laughs> just saying
0: so i just did
1: a quick little search for the best short stops ever espn has jeter at five cal at four, ernie banks yeah ernie banks
0: ernie banks yeah. definitely um he never won a world series though i i get that that's like different for baseball but that's tough for me um a rod was two yeah, he's not in mine. And then Honus or is
1: one. one.
0: Uh, yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with that list. Ozzie Smith. If is If we're looking list at six. just stats and we're not looking into those stats and into like the particulars of it, then Honus is one because you go like go like for listeners, go look Honus Wagner, look at his stats um, uh, on Baseball Reference. It's he's hands down stat yeah. wise. The best. thirty four hundred career hits, thirty four twenty. Yeah, he's he's insane. Um but he played in a league that had no black people in it. So like And when there was it, only like really 10 teams. Yeah, it's hard to really back that up a little bit if you know your your stuff. Whereas Cal uh, Ripken came into a league, he came into a league that was stacked and that was at the top of its game. It was the biggest sport in all of the country. Everyone was coked um, out. Everyone was coked out. Steroid, and then towards the middle of his 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 run in in the league, steroids started coming around. He's still playing. He's still playing every day. He's still playing really well. It's just like that's why he's my my. And he played for the fucking Orioles, and they had nobody for like the longest time. And except for him,
1: the huge late 90s like run of these great shortstops of like Jeter and Nomar and A. Rod and all those guys, Larry, Barry Larkin, all their inspiration was cal so like it all yeah. they were like all those guys favorite players back in the day was
0: cal ripkin just a horse yeah uh before we move on though we didn't even really talk about lear walker um we did not dude i saw videos of him today he was hella skinny when he first came to the to the Rockies. like he was like fucking thin and then he and you know the last couple of years of his career yeah dude it's yeah.
1: it's crazy because i feel like when i think of him uh I think of those Cardinals teams more than anything. Cause that's when like I started religiously watching baseball. So like, I feel like I really did yeah. get to see the prime of him, but like always knew the name because like every time we'd watch the all-star game as a kid, he was always there. He's always there. And just, um, it just, he seems like probably the most underrated player of that era. And there was actually a pretty dope clip of Dusty Baker. They were talking to him uh, like the pregame yesterday and he was like, outside of Barry Bonds, and not throughout my coaching career, he's like, Larry Walker? He's like, that was a bad man. He's like, and I don't say that about everybody. So, like, if Dusty Baker is telling you, like,
0: yeah, that guy was on some shit throughout his career. The thing is, he's involved in those steroid rumors, too. So, it's like, I don't... You Larry know. Walker
1: was? Yeah. Yeah,
0: he was. Um, anyway. Uh, if you guys... Our fans of home run derbies, they say the greatest, which in my opinion, I agree, the greatest home run derby ever performed um, um, and ever to watch is the 1998, no, 1997 home run derby. So that's Uh, the one at Coors? um, Yeah, the one at Coors. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Larry Walker. uh, I'm totally blanking. There was like three more players that were just big, just fucking bashers um and it's just so much fun it just like they have seats in Coors Field I don't know if they still do but at that time they did they're like orange and they are exactly a mile high and several of the people involved in that home run derby hit those those seats it was just it's fucking awesome I would recommend checking out I'm sure it's on YouTube or something like that
1: I'm trying to Google, see if those orange seats are still there. Oh, they're purple. I think they are. They're purple. Oh, they're purple,
0: yeah. I think they are. I'm pretty sure. Like, that's a pretty big novelty. Like, they're expensive to even sit in those seats. They're terrible seats, but it's just, like, the novelty of sitting there, you know. All right, Julio, last but not least for the big three. Pretty intense um, series between the Giants and Dodgers this weekend. Um, more or less, the winner was going to be um, the leader in the NL West. Um, three-game series, last series of the uh, of the season for those teams. So really, um, the best chance to try and uh, get one up on the other team. Giants came away two games to one, um, and the Giants uh, sealed that with uh, ninety wins. First team to ninety wins, uh, or no, that was yesterday. Sorry. Whatever. That was it, Yeah. On. Well, yeah, either way, they're the first team yeah, 90 yeah. Wins. <laughs> So the first team to 90 wins are the best team in baseball currently, right now. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't see this Giant season coming at all. I Can't saw where. I saw a stat that
1: the Giants, Rays, Mariners, and then I want to say the Brewers. Could be wrong already passed their preseason projected win total. So congrats to the four of you. Uh, Damn, we
0: should have made some bets because we fucking liked all of those teams in our predictions, Julio. Oh, uh, we should have played some futures. We should have. We could have parlayed all those and made so much money.
1: I mean, we'd, have to, we'd have to look up what the preseason total was going to be. But yeah, no, yeah, we, we did like all but those we teams. We were, dude, we were so teams, high on the Brewers. But
0: we liked all of those teams.
1: We're, the, we're like the hipster Brewers there. Like, we were high on that from the get-go. At the end of it, we're like, oh, yeah, they're going to win this division for sure. Um, But crazy. So, I don't know if you got a chance. I knew you were out of town this past weekend. Or I feel like every weekend you're out of town now, right now. Dude, um, I got
0: weddings galore. Anyway, keep going. uh,
1: Game one was wild. They went to extra innings. 1-1. Yeah. I watched that
0: game. That game was so much fun. That was
1: crazy. Giants win it in extra innings because uh, Trey Turner kind of has a ball that I think every other – First baseman would have caught, but Will Smith was took over for first base duties during that time, and his foot pulled uh, off the
0: bag. Yeah, low scoring game too. Low scoring game. Yeah, so they yeah. won that
1: Giants or the uh, Dodgers won the second game in the series, yeah, six to one. And then um, the Giants on Sunday Night Baseball took six runs off of Walker Bueller, who like that's mm-hmm. his first loss in. Oh god, I have to pull up the numbers in front of me. And yeah, that's I think that's his first loss against the Giants. Wow. First Damn. time he's given up more than 5 runs in a start since 2019.
0: Yeah. So holy shit, Dude. I I don't know what else to say about the Giants anymore. The baseball is better when the Giants and Dodgers are good. It's simple Facts. as that. Baseball's better when the Giants and Dodgers are good. When the Yankees and Red Sox are good, baseball's just fucking better. It's simple as that. No other discussion needed. And it was a fun series to watch. Uh I went to a I was in town this weekend. We went to the bar down the street by my house, uh, me and a couple friends to watch the Giants Dodger game and we were on the edge of our seat the entire time. It was great. I was rooting for the Dodgers, they were for the Giants. It's neither here nor there, but just saying. Um, yeah. They were all pissed off because I was rooting for the Giants. But you know what? They can suck a dick. At <laughs> um, <laughs> at this point,
1: what do you think is going to be a flaw with this team? Because it started, it's starting, it's showing time and time again. It's like starting pitching. You still think it's the starters?
0: Well, their their offense has has really dug them out of a lot of a lot of a lot of games in the past two months. Um, and I was telling my friends this weekend, and they actually agreed. Um. When it comes to playoff baseball, it's about your starting pitching. Well, it was about your bullpen a couple years ago. It's still kind of about your bullpen, but now it's gone back to it's more about your starting pitching. And if they can hold up, because in the playoffs, there's a lot of testosterone. There's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of just emotions running wild. So it's not as calm as, as the regular season. So when you're down by two runs in the seventh inning, you're not quite like, Yeah, you know, we can kind of, like, dig our way out of this. Like, no, like, anything can happen. Playoff baseball is just different. I don't know how to explain it. And I, if, Gausman's great. He's been one of the best pitchers in the NL in in this season. But he's been not good this past month and a half. Look at his ERA. It's not good. It's not great. It's not bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's not, like, it's not end of the world. Anyway. And that's, like, really their best pitcher and most reliable pitcher. Like, none of those other guys are reliable. It's just I, – I would – I yeah. The name of the game in playoff baseball, I mean, it's always kind of been starting pitching. Bullpen did take over a little bit more of that prominence, um, you know, in the the early 2010s, but, like – or mid-2010s. But, like, dude. Yeah. You need, you need starters to get you through these games and eat up innings. And that's why uh, – I think our boys
1: in Milwaukee are going to be the team representing the NL at the end of this, because they got got both, and the both they have are
0: disgusting. That's true. The Dodgers don't have bullpen, and I will, and I'm I'm ready to move
1: on after this. But I just wanted to say one last thing, Um, and for a case for the Brewers, Christian Yelich is batting 321 his last 30 games. That and like if that's the one guy, we should
0: have bet on them, Julio. Ah!
1: (laughs) anyways ace news all right let's get talked about some sad stuff billy bean so uh let's chalk this in the rumor mill the rumor pile i feel like every year for the last three four years we've kind of heard these talks but uh there was a story that came out earlier this week uh, by bill madden who works the new york daily news about is he related
0: to joel madden
1: uh, no, he's is, re- he's related to Joel Madden from Good Charlotte. It's,
0: I said Joel Madden. Oh, actually, Joel Madden. Joel, there's our sons, Joel, Joel, and John. John. Jo- Joel. You mean you you thought I meant John? Madden? No, Joel Madden. <laughs> no. And then I was gonna be like Joel, Joel, is he, John. Is he re- is he related to uh, Benji Madden? Benji, do there you whole go. Thing.
1: Anyways, uh, he wrote a story that just making the case for Billy Bean for the Mets, uh, and really it. I don't think there was any real um, trajectory to it. But the thing that's really kind of getting a lot of talk going on is that in the piece that the rumors are Billy's ready to leave because ownership's unwillingness to put any movement towards Marcus is kind of what put him over the top. Mm. Now, who knows? We uh, we thought for sure he was going to be gone this past year, taking over a part of Red Sox ownership. That didn't go through, uh, and it seems like he's look. He's we, we we had the poll earlier. We'll talk about it later. But like the guy doesn't have much else to prove in terms of baseball standards, and mm-hmm. just the one thing he really needs is a ring. Uh, so the Mets. If he went you to you think the Mets, a... it would, if okay. he
0: went to the Mets, it'd be a demotion. Because his his mentor, Sandy Alderson, is the president of baseball operations there. So he would have to go back to general manager if he did that. Do I see Billy Bean doing that? No. Um, Also, he owns part of the Oakland A's. That's always going to keep him here until he buys more of a piece of another team. So if Steve Cohen's willing to sell him a bigger piece of the Mets than he has of the piece of the A's, then yeah. Um, If I was Billy Bean, I would have left fucking three years ago seriously like i don't know what's keeping him here other than just owning a piece of team like if he leaves i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna hate him i'm gonna be like dude like i can't believe you're still here like you know what i mean like like f- it all goes back to fuck john fisher like that's the, my feeling towards it you see him sitting like
1: behind home plate recently these last couple games were in his stupid camouflage hat stupid little no, camouflage I hat. No, could,
0: but I couldn't fucking give two
1: shits if he's sitting back there or not. I, I think this is smoke. I don't think... You kind of... You brought up a point I really didn't think about, which was, like, he has a, a portion of ownership in the A's. Which other organization is going to give him that much leverage with all that power to bring them in to help them win a title? Now... Does, the Red
0: Sox his ownership group was going to buy it. That's the only reason why he Now does to do the
1: it. attractiveness of kind of bringing in his people even if it is a lesser role into the Mets and kind of drive that team over the top uh is that like a really attractive thing? Hell yes it is. Why wouldn't you think about that? Or any organization that's willing to be like, "Hey, we'll spend all this money for you and we'll give you X portion of like this role you just won't get ownership it's like it's really at this point what does he want does he really no, want no, a then you're
0: then you're trying to convince uh, like everybody So that means you're convincing david forrest to go back to assistant gm to go down there you're you're trying to convince eric well, kubota to move across the country to to the mets you're trying to convince bob melvin to move across country to go no no go no no, no, no. i'm not like, saying
1: i'm not saying anybody in the oakland organization as far as being I mean, like that dude that guy's been a part of this of baseball like front office for 25 years now i'm sure yeah. he's got people all over the place that we don't look like, it's, it's like it's like the entertainment business man it's all networking you he yeah, probably has yeah, people yeah. we don't even know about that he's like oh yeah i've been talking this guy for x many years and i told him whenever i go you're gonna come with me kind of thing
0: maybe paul de podesta will uh leave football and come back to baseball and is he still with, with cleveland him. yeah i think he's still with, i think he's still with the browns no was he with the Browns? No, he wasn't with the Browns. Uh he he was with the Browns? He was with the Browns. Oh, he's okay. still there. And
1: well, look and look at the Browns Jonah hell, now.
0: Don't hell! Return. And look at the
1: Browns now, man. Um yeah. I think this is smoke, though. I don't think he's it, it doesn't make sense. I think it's
0: just an article for a a boring Mets writer to write.
1: I think just They found Javi Bias' earring and then decided we need something other controversy. Hey, let's go pick on the small market team or the small team. Anyways. Uh, Next, uh, he pucked up so hard he got sent down to the minor leagues. That's right. AJ Puck, After uh, honestly, after a pretty nice couple outings, uh, has really fallen off a cliff. He's in his 15 appearances. He has a 7-11 and not in a good way. ERA, uh, he's been with... Tagged with seven blown saves, seven losses, um, and because of that, he has been sent down to Triple A Las Vegas. In his place will be Miguel Romero. Uh, he this is gonna be first time up in the majors, so congrats to him. We don't have a ton of information about him at the moment. Um, he hasn't been great in Triple A. He has a 6.40 ERA on the year, 53 strikeout or 54 strikeouts, and 71 in a two thirds innings. 32 walks, 14 Ks. Uh, his ER rate outside of Vegas is 549, but in Vegas is 570. So it just shows like, Hey, this guy was being so shitty. You'd rather take a chance than somebody else. And the, the
0: I don't think it's that. I think that um, AJ Puck's been pretty overused the past week and a half um, on top of him sucking, but you know, he's been overused the past week and a half. And um, they've used, they been using a lot of their long relievers recently because their starters can't go long. So they used both Dalton Jeffries and A.J. Puck last night because A.J. Puck got into trouble, gave up some runs, so they had to bring in Dalton, which they probably should have brought in Dalton in the first place. I'm not going to get into that, but anyway. Um, So they need another long reliever um, immediately just in case that happens again. I think that's really what it is. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see A.J. Puck back up next week or the following week. I just think that they need availability right now because their bullpen is exhausted because they keep getting into these situations and they keep i mean they keep blowing it but like just the besides basically besides frankie their starters haven't gone very long and they're really overworking them
1: i hope you're right i hope that um there might be a couple mechanical things they're seeing wrong with him and like his last few outings and there's like hey we're sending in vegas figured out we're we'll bringing you back up in two weeks because if not the lefty reliever market was like pretty hot during the time he was in the majors because like yeah. sean doolittle was available he went to see what if he had been good you know who knows but you know kick the tires uh brad hand was available
0: yeah brad hand would
1: he have been good to go to you know who knows kind of thing but it, I think the two things, like, hey, they both are experienced veterans. They've both been a part of winning teams,
0: and uh, it would have been nice to have that additional lefty arm that there. On the bright side, today it was only um, Chafin and Why am I blinking? You said his name earlier, Frankie. Frankie. Oh no! Did it go straight from Frankie to Chafin? Didn't? Yeah, dude. Frankie with it? seven. Okay, and then perfect. So, so you rest Sergio, like the guys that you really need and you trust at the end of the, the the bullpen. So, so Chafin probably gets a couple days off because he went long today. But you could tell there was a little, there was a shot on the broadcast of Bob Melvin talking to Chafin as soon as he came off. He's like, "Can you go another?" Or do you, do you want to go another one? He's like, "Hell yeah, let's go another one." He probably probably had the conversation like, "Hey, we need to rest guys. Like, like Sergio needs some rest. Maybe you can do it." Um. So give Sergio a day off. gave Petit a day off. Um, gave as much as we all hate Lou, Lou a day off. So I think that'll help us in the long run, especially um, this upcoming schedule, because we have some relief coming and we need to take advantage of it.
1: Lou went from Lou to Lou. It's more like Lou. Lou. I just realized, I'll bring this up a little bit later. Uh, Any other talking points you want with this? But uh, yeah, I hope you're right. I'll say that. I hope no, this we'll is talk about it more cool. next. Next, uh, uh, next thing, we're not going to talk too much about it, but uh, former Oakland great Frank Wendell is killing it with the Cubs Shut right now. Shut the
0: fuck up, Julio. You wanted to talk about this In so In the bad. last
1: month, he's batting three seventy five with nine home runs as a member of the Cubs. He was named the NL Player of the Week. Oh, I'm just going Listen, say.
0: folks, Julio is worried that this is going to be another Max Muncy. That's why I, he wants to talk about this on here. He's freaking out.
1: I'm not concerned that this is going to be a next – Max Muncy, because I think that's a very like one-off thing. Like, yo, you fucked up major. That's with this the
0: exception, one. not the rule. Yes, thank you.
1: But I'm saying like, do you, could you have seen a world where like if he would have gotten more at bats? Because remember, dude, his first at bat, he had a home run as an A. Do you see a world where if they just gave him like full-time DH? And occasional playing first. Like, could you have seen this prot- productivity out of him? Or do you think it's more of the because Chicago is so depleted, he's just playing every day and he's getting the most out of the opportunities?
0: It's because Chicago's so depleted and he's playing every day. Dude's 29 years old. He's a journeyman, minor leaguer. Okay. Like, let's be real. You know what so I mean? Justin like, Turner. Look. look, okay, look, I... good for him we'll see what he does next year. I think that's the only way we can really equivalent this. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I, I look, I mean, ha- has Seth Brown been like, uh, uh, much better? No. Has Chad Pinder been much better? Better? No. But do I, do I trust them more than Frank Schwindel? Yes. No way in shit. You trust Seth Brown more
1: than Frank Schwindel here. All right. All right. Let's keep playing this game. Frank Schwindel or Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland, Frank Swindell, or Chris Davis.
0: Ooh, that's a tough one. Have you seen how shitty Mitch Moreland's doing this year, man? Uh, yeah, no, I have, but I but he's come up big in big moments this season. Um, Frank well, Swindell, I've not it, seen it,
1: that. You know, I've I've been watching a lot of uh, Marvel What If, and I think this is a big What If of the year. It's like if they just gave him a little bit. That's all I'm saying. What do you so is, Chris Davis, be, I would have taken. Would he, was he going to be the next journeyman that comes in the A's and I, I don't know. What if he helped you uh, the rest of the season? I think you probably. have been say better than these other guys I just listed off.
0: That's all I'm you're saying. You're right. You're right about Seth Brown. They're the same age, so maybe it, I probably would have taken window because it would have been a different change of pace. Anyway, it doesn't that's matter. All, no, it's it's just, that's that's all I
1: want on. to say is I think if I don't know how his long term success is going to be. The guy's 29, but if you would have given a little bit more opportunity, hell, maybe you could have struck the iron a little bit more with that. Anyways, last thing we're going to talk about the (laughs) Oakland A's news. We kind of hinted at it. The starters have fallen off a cliff. And besides Frankie, we don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, A lot of these guys, we don't have the numbers in front of us, but I'm sure you all know, if you're listening, you've been watching, uh, the rotation has struggled to make it through at least five innings of pitching throughout this whole entire time guys who've been pretty reliant throughout the season such as Cole Irvin James Caprillion Sean Manaya. Uh, Sean actually had a pretty nice start last week in uh, Toronto mm-hmm. have regressed hard and they're not making it even through up to five innings uh, is this something that you think is going to be concerned going forward and like what would you think are some solutions. I know for myself, it is it is a concern. I think this next week it's going to be nice. It's going to be a little bit lighter of a schedule so you're not going to be going against these really tough teams. But I think that uh, a lot of these guys, this is career high innings, a lot of them have been facing, especially James Caprillion who's you know had a, his- a history of injuries finally coming into the majors. Um, Cole Irvin has really haven't had much majors experience outside, outside of his time in Philly. So it'll, it it is a little concerning, man. I don't know about you, but I'm a little nervous about that.
0: I'm definitely concerned. Um, my biggest thing is what I've been preaching all year with this pitching staff as a whole. It's the roles. The roles are all over the fucking place. Now, the bullpen roles, I understand – You lose your closer in spring training. You're trying to fucking figure it out on the fly. The starters, it's the exact same thing. You lose your ace to a freak accident. We're trying to figure out what the fuck our roles are. Everybody feels like they need to step up because he's gone. That's just like human nature 101, folks. I know it's like you're probably thinking like, oh, he's just using a classic like sports like. Uh, uh, like analogy or thought process like, oh yeah, you lose the leader of the team like no, that's like, it's just human nature like when, when our best player goes down it's my, it's like uh, it's it's in coaching, Coaching coaches always say it in football like next man up like you think that you have to step up for the lack of, of production from the guy, your best player who's out that's not what you should be doing you should just keep trying to do your job and know your role and, and assume that your role is the same that's the issue, in in my opinion. And on top of that, these guys, uh, you know, getting into this trouble in the fourth inning and being taken out—it's overworking our bullpen. Is why it's, which I think is part of the reason why our bullpen keeps getting fucking rocked in the eighth inning because they're overworked. So like, the la- the lack of role um, uh, identity from the starters is weighing into the bullpen and the bullpen is having to pick up the slack and they're just not well equipped to it. It's just like, it's a, it's a ch- massive train reaction, uh, a domino effect. That's just completely just fucking up the entire pitching staff. And the, the worst part about it, Julio is it's coming at a time when our offense has fucking figured it out. Finally, they're, they're hitting the shit out of the ball. They're bringing in runs against good pitchers like Dallas Keuchel today, and they just can't get the win because the pitching is fucking it up. And it's just, again, it's a domino effect. It sucks. And hopefully they can, hopefully they can make the playoffs and hopefully they can figure it out in time for the playoffs. What would your, your solution be? If you had a, like, you know,
1: we're not professionals. We don't, at the end of the day, we don't, we don't really know how to manage a team, but like, what would you think out of your, your hot takingness would help this team?
0: Especially after a start like tonight from Frankie, I would go in the clubhouse, and if I was Bob Mills, I'd be like, listen, folks, this is your ace. We don't know if Chris is coming back, so this is the man we're riding. If we get into a one-game playoff in the wildcard game, this is the guy who's starting. Okay? So everybody needs to rally around him. You know your role. Cole, you know who you are. You're the third starter now. Pick up the pace when it comes to game three. James... I know you're a rookie, but you can step up step up to the plate. There needs to be a conversation about these roles. And it needs to be defined. Guys, our bullpen is getting rocked. We need to go longer. We need to extend these outings a little bit. When you get into trouble, like, let's talk about it. Don't freak out. Let like let's let's figure out a way to just get these outs and get them quick. Okay. We need some leadership on this team too. That's another thing. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if Elvis is like step down a little bit. I don't know what the deal is. There's clearly some leadership issues going on with this team too. Cause maybe, maybe when, when Elvis left for his, for his, I, it kind of felt like it started here. Uh, when Elvis left for his paternity leave, that's kind of when it felt like the leadership was like all over the place. And they kind of started this little bit of a like landslide. Um, these other guys need to step up in terms of leadership like that. Uh, but yeah, that that's what I would do. I mean, but the, I, I, I don't know. I'm not like a, I'm not a professional manager.
1: I think you just made our promotional clip because that was like a fucking great point. I think like that's a huge, like some of these guys. Yeah. I, I My point I'll get to in a second. But like, I think a part of it is just like some of these guys just don't really know what to expect out of them every every day anymore. Yeah. Without Bassett there, it's like they're kind of in flux um i was kind of thinking more of like a i think this now is the time to give the opportunity to kind of some guys in the minors to start doing some spot starts because you're starting to see like a lot of these guys i think the long term of like a full 162 is getting to them especially with cap who's been so rock solid throughout the year and now he's really hitting a wall in the last month uh, there's a name I'd like to throw out there though, who recently was uh, DFA'd and elected free agency, that I I think I'd actually really like to bring him back, and it's Tanner Roark. He's he was in the Braves minor league system. Um, he's was not doing good at all for them, and he would. If you guys don't forgot. Uh, he was a part of the Ace in 2019. They picked him up from the Reds as a part of a trade. He left the A's in the offseason in 2020. signed a deal with the Blue Jays. Uh, was horrible last year for the Jays. And then he was sent over to Atlanta. Atlanta cut him. Uh, throughout the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, I want to say 11 starts he had as an ace, Six of those innings, or six of those games went at least six innings. So... He knows he knows how to pitch in that park. He has a lot of familiarity with there. Why not kick the tires to at least until, you know, who knows if Chris Batts is going to come back, but at least it's asked just to have some veteran presence in that rotation, somebody who's going to come in and, like you said, know their role, know what they need to do. And this might be something that could really push this. Because, like, dude, at the end of the day, I, it, it, I, I hate this team. I still believe. I still think they could be in this wild card game at the end of it. I think the division's out of play. But I still think they could. It's just like they got to line themselves up. They need another vet in there who just going to be like, this shit's got to stop. I know what we need to do. Like, This is going to be my job to kind of sell it. Even like, look, we're not expecting somebody to go out there and pitch multiple complete games or 10 strikeout games. Just like do your job. Go in there, six innings, couple runs. You don't need to strike out a ton because you got a great defense behind you, and I think Tanner Roark would be a great solution to kind of work that out.
0: And he'll go to a pitching staff and a coach in a in a in a um, a strategy that he's familiar with, a ballpark that he has excelled in. I think he had an insane home home record during that run. Um, and and uh, uh, honestly, I mean, just a a a uh, game plan that 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 benefits his style of pitching. Our the A style of pitching benefit is is completely in line with Tanner Roark, which is the reason why they traded for him a couple years ago. He went 3 right. and 1
1: at home and those his two months of the team. You know what, Chris? Let, we should just, you know, what, let's just run these. Why not? Let's just run what? Let's just run the team. We figured it out. We figured I out agree. the I agree. I mean,
0: we've been saying this for years though. Yeah, that's true. righty
1: Chris. Let's go ahead and take a break. But when we do come yeah. back, we're gonna be talking the wild, wild card. Damn it, that didn't work. You know what I was trying to do. That though?
0: did not that did not work. Good, because I really have to pee. So right, Stick cool. around, we'll be right back. <sighs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um Town Talker podcast. Brought to you by around the diamond. Um all right, so this segment, uh, we are going to talk about the American League Wild wildcard. Um, the reason why we're going to talk about it is because it seems like no one wants to win the American League wildcard. Um, there is uh, five teams involved right now. Obviously, we are one of those teams. Uh, but everybody has kind of been struggling besides the um, Toronto Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners, a little bit, but Blue Jays are on a seven-game win streak currently right now. Um, it kind of started off where the Yankees were on 11-game win streak, and they kind of shot up to the top, and the Boston Red Sox went on an insane bad run, uh, kind of fell pretty quick. Uh, but those ties have turned quite a bit. Um, but once again, there's five teams involved in the wild card. I will give you those updates right now. Boston is currently in the first team in the wild card, 80-62. Um, and 62. They have a half-game lead on the Yankees at 78-61, the reason why. There's a big difference in um, the record. There is because the Yankees have not played as many games as a, as the Red Sox, so that is probably subject to a little bit of a change. Uh, Toronto is on a seven-game win streak. They've won nine of their last um, ten. They are sixty, sorry, seventy-six and sixty-two. They are a game and a half behind the Yankees. Seattle is, uh, has won seven of their last ten. They are seventy-six and sixty-four. They are two and a half games behind the Yankees in that second wild card spot, and then us. At the bottom, seventy-five and sixty-four, three games behind the Yankees in that second wild card spot. We are five hundred in our last ten. Um, quite the uh, quite the boxing match, Julio. It's definitely going to go twelve rounds um, amongst all of us. Like I said, uh, a lot of the uh, main contenders throughout the season, us, the Red Sox and the Yankees, have slid recently, and the um, trending teams are teams that are kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, besides the Blue Jays, they've kind of always been in it all season, but um, they're starting to make a run. And the Seattle Mariners, who potentially could uh, end their playoff um, streak of was it twenty five years? They've been in the playoffs. No, no.
1: I, I think it's shit. I think it's twenty. I think this year's when they 20. won a hundred and
0: twenty something games back in two thousand one. Yeah. So that's the situation right now. I guess the big question is, my partner in crime. Does anyone want to win this wild card? To me, it seems like the Blue Jays do.
1: But outside of that, it's just a lot of people looking like Patrick Starr with the two by four on their forehead with the nail through it. (laughs) Because everyone's kind of shit in the bed right now, man. And a lot of this reason that's what's a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about have been kind of problems for these teams throughout the year are starting to surface and not like we would say like, Hey, this has been a thing um, for Boston. Their rotation really outside of, you know, Chris Bell's Chris Hill's been pretty solid since he's come back. But like outside of that, they're not getting much work tonight. Garrett Richards actually had a pretty solid night tonight, but, uh, and they, they did get a win against the Rays. Uh The Yankees, it's the acquisitions really haven't panned out. Andrew Heaney has been a disaster. Joey Gallo has really came back to earth. And Anthony Rizzo's been fine. Pretty much the only guys who are really carrying that team offensively has been Judge and Stanton, who deserve all the credit in the world. Uh, but outside of that, you're not getting much. And then with the A's, Chris Bassett got hit in the face with a high drive. So what else can you really say about that? And then plus, you know, the, the A's. The I, think the A's podcast, I think the A's too. are like the unluckiest team in baseball this last month, in my honest opinion. A little yeah. bias between Bassett, between all of a sudden the, the saves are getting blown and then they gets suspended.
0: I was thinking about today during the game, if we don't blow any of those late bullpen um blown saves in the past week and a half, we're probably in first place in the in the division. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like not I, I not so. in the wild card, in the division cuz we're 5 games back in the division. That's probably 6 games that we've blown like and the thing is, too, with the rest of the American, I'm put my hands up for those who aren't watching on YouTube. I'm putting my hands up in disgust.
1: You know, they say the dog days of August. Well, it's trickling over to to September because the yeah. Astros haven't been great in the last mm-hmm. ten. Um, really, it's yeah. just been like Tampa and the Rays are the or Tampa and the Jays
0: are the ones really taking over. But so it- for the five teams left, Julio, I'm going to give you the strength of schedules. The Yankees are 61%, or uh, their strength of schedule is 0. .612, which means it's pretty hard. Uh, the Red Sox is 0. .507, still pretty hard. Mariners, getting a little easier, 4, .493. Blue Jays, 0. .39, and we are sitting at about 500. So we're about middle of the pack for strength of schedule. We have some good opponents, some bad opponents. The Blue Jays have a pretty easy... Um, Yankees have a tough road ahead of them. I assume that there's a couple matchups. I'd, actually, I do have it w- with me right here. Look at that. Um, They have the Red Sox, and they have the Blue Jays um, for the Yankees. Uh, and Cleveland, who is not a bad team. Um, and the Mets. Yeah, it's not easy for them. That sucks for them. Um, so that's where that's at. Uh, do you want the playoff odds now, or do you want me to wait? Do you want to talk about that real quick?
1: Yeah, the Jays are really lining themselves up. They've, you know, they they just swept the A's. They've taken, uh, I believe, two out of three from the Yankees. We
0: should have won. We should have won that series, though. Oh, I'm sorry. They've taken three
1: straight. The Jays on a six game winning streak. They should be on a three game win streak. Um, they're absolutely on fire right now, and there's really nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, six. Game. Oh no, I'm. Oh, yes, yeah, six in waiting streak. They go again tomorrow. I was looking at the wrong schedules. um But it's to me, it's like how sustainable is that rest of the rotation going to look outside of Robbie Ray, who's you know he's going to be a Cy Young finalist. But it's like, what's the rest of the team going to do outside of that guy? And then um Anjum Ryu, he's kind of been on and off throughout the year. What are we going to see from him? Rotation's gonna be kind of, or the pins kind of a problem, but hey, it doesn't matter because when you have guys who are fucking smashing the shit out of the ball like Vladdy and Marcus and Teoscar Hernandez, or and then Bo Bichette and then George Springer is not even playing right now. He's hurt. It's like, what's gonna happen mm-hmm. when he's back, like Manning center field every day? But is God. he supposed to be back? Oh no, I'm sorry. He is healthy. But he's he's been deaging at least throughout the A series he was deaging. But it's just like Jesus Christ, like where does it stop with that team?
0: So their schedule is interesting to me because according to those those uh, strength of schedule um, percentages, they have an easy one. But they have two series against the Rays and they end their season in a three game series against the Yankees. They play the Twins twice though and the Orioles once. So maybe that's why. But oh, Chris, but you forgot we have the end of,
1: end of regular season is in October. So the last weekend series for the Jays is against those same Orioles.
0: That's probably what it is. Touche.
1: And plus, like, they play multiple teams at the same time. Um, God, they're just – they're scary, man. I'm just going to say, they're, they, uh, out of all these teams, they I think are. they scare me the most. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked if they just make this crazy-ass run and uh, make because at least a, like, offense, an
0: LCS. Because their offense never stops. It's like there's never a break. Like, they just have so much power in that lineup here's uh some some um good news for a's fans We played two series against the mariners to end it out a four game series and a three game series. If we can dominate those games, we can make quite the gap between us and them in the playoff standings. The thing is it's not for a couple weeks, but I mean that's something to be and and we play and we play the Astros twice. That's what scares um, me the
1: most is that Astros series, is that yeah. they've played so poorly against the Astros throughout this whole entire year, and now that Bregman's back, like, like what? It, it just seems like you know what are we gonna do? Like I hope I'm wrong. I think we, are we both hope that we're wrong about that. But it's just like, yeah, that's. Uh, <clears throat> it feels just anybody else against the Astros in this season that would be
0: if a our lot rotation. More confident. If our rotation can figure it out, I feel confident in those series because our yes. offense is like yes. our offense is back it feels good and it's back like the small ball is working again um people are moving runners up we're being aggressive on the bases we have the speed too so it makes sense that we do it um it's just it the pitching it, everything's not coming together at the right time when our pitching's good our offense sucks when our offense sucks our pitching's good and it's just like we need a, we just need it all to come together. All right. So here are the playoff odds, according to baseball reference. This was yesterday. The Red Sox are at 73.7% make the postseason. The Yankees are at 67.4%. The Blue Jays are at 37.1%. The A's are at 14.9%. The Banners are at 9.5%. I don't know where they get these playoff odds. They seem pretty flawed to me, in my opinion. Um, Very West Coast bias. Um, Or East Coast bias. Uh, but those are the odds according to Baseball Reference. I don't know if they they put in strength to schedule or uh, or 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 what it, what it is. Um, but
1: yeah, I wish um, we had a East Coast bias button and we could just smash it every time. We we're like, oh, that f- that tastes like it. East Coast bias.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> like an easy We don't button. have the production value yet, Julio. We will get there. We will get there. All right, Chris. Uh,
1: you know, you both—you said we both watch a lot of baseball. We're knowledgeable people. Uh, give us somebody from each of these teams that you think that I would say each team's essential tool, essential tailgate tool for the rest of the month. Like, you know, think obviously you can start off with the I like A's. What you did there. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Branding. Um, you know, start off with the A's because that's kind of the easy way. But if you want to kind of take some time, think about the other guys who are going to be really important rest of the, down the stretch. All right.
0: For the Yankees, Luke Voigt. Love it. So he's been I think his past week and a half has not been great, but before that he was on this insane tear, massive chip on his shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. trying to prove himself to be, you know, be the starter over um Anthony Rizzo. The key to what the moves they made were the depth that they could have and the versatility they could have in the lineup. When he comes at the bat, he needs to make the most of his Um, at-bats. So that's mine. What's yours for the Yankees?
1: I was kind of thinking Nestor Cortez because I've just kind of seen how he's been pitching lately. And um, Mm -hmm. I think he's really solid. But really, it's a Raldas Chapman. Uh, It just really, yeah, the Schlatters have really rubbed off Mm -hmm. on me hard with him. And this team is significantly better when you can feel confident with him in every single time he's out there. And, you know, we saw it today he gave up a nuke to Vladdy Jr. And, you know, if he's not confident himself, he can go out there. They're not the contending team that they want to be. So if once he kind of figures that the his shit out and he's not really going to be giving up these bombs like he does, it seems like all the time, that's the key to success. It all comes down to him. It all comes down to that pen. And without, when he is the guy who is leading it, you know, everybody else falls in line. The domino effect happens. It's uh, so next, hard
0: to trust Oldest Chapman if he's on your I team know. Now. I know, It's it, so it, hard. It's,
1: you throw so hard but got so far, and in the end, it doesn't really matter, Chris. Yeah. Uh, for Boston, uh, I'm going to say, talked about him earlier, I think Chris Sell, if anybody's really kind of want to keep the same rhythm as I was saying with like, Aroldis Chapman, which is like you're going to be the person who kind of like brings up and starts the leadership of, whatever group you're leading so if he goes out there and kind of continues you know he's not completely lights out but he's been pitching at a pretty successful level since he's come back from the IL. and if he can kind of maintain that and if he can kind of influence the other guys in rotation i think that's something that's really going to help them going forward so we'll see about that who you're thinking
0: um hold on i want. this to pull up because i want to make sure that i have this correctly okay yeah he's still yeah okay xander bogarts how is he going to respond to coming back from covid can he handle it is he going to be is he going to be you know is his everything about his health going to be okay um is he going to be the same guy that he was before he left which is one of the best shortstops in baseball um he's the leader of this team um i think that You know, his play is so crucial. Him and Devers, the way that they play on that team, is just so crucial to the way that that team just operates and the way their offense moves because they're the the two best players. So if he's not right, I would be very concerned if I was a Boston fan. Yeah. Uh, Mariners. Julio, who's your Mariners pick? We are two Mariners. Our ship's sole survivors.
1: Do you know that song? No. I'd have to hear more lyrics. So sing Stuck it. Stuck inside the belly of the whale. Decemberist. No. Yeah. Anyways. Doesn't uh well, this just got awkward. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Yusei Kikuchi. Uh the lone all-star for the Mariners this year. This is a super young team, like an extremely young team that I think the most veteran guys are like Mitch Haneker and like Kyle Seeger. For Kyle Seeger's podcast, been
0: I'm aggressively shaking my head up and down.
1: Uh, Kyle yes. Seeger has just won, been freaking awesome this year. He's got so 30 good. plus home runs. He's better been than fantastic. His brother. He's better than his brother right now. And we thought we always thought it was the other way around for a few years. But uh, you said Kikuchi has been rock steady throughout the year for the Mariners. Like I mentioned, he was the sole um, all star for the team. And I'm, I'm the firm believer, I already mentioned it before with Chris Sell, but I'm going to kind of repeat it again with Kikuchi. He is kind of like the leader of said rotation. Um, his ERA jumped up a little bit since the all-star appearance that he's had. But I think if he kind of falls line, he's kind of going to pitch to the best of his abilities. With how electric this offense has been, with Seager and Hanager, Um It looks like Jared Kalanick kind of picking up. Ty France is on freaking fire right now. Uh, he would be kind of the main cog to kind of keep this thing going to kind of steer the ship as a Mariner does. There we go.
0: Uh, Chris, what about yourself? Uh, mine is going to be Kyle Seager because of, because all the things that you said about him, um, and the team, like that's a young team and they need veteran leadership. And I think that's so important, especially for a team making its first playoff run in a long time. Kyle Seager's been there a long time as well. Um, he, you know, they, they, need, they need a leader, especially, I mean, he's really stepped up this season as a leader on the field. I don't know enough about their franchise to know what he's done in the clubhouse, but I think he's a very essential to the success of their team. He needs to keep doing what he's doing. He needs to hype up these guys, give them confidence, not let them think about the moment too much, and just let them play some goddamn baseball. So, for me, it's Kyle Seager.
1: With <clears throat> the Toronto Blue Jays, I feel like it was, it was almost sound like it, uh, a draft pick. Toronto, I'm going to take um, George Springer for the sake of—he's been there. Yeah. Up. Oh, sorry. Oh, you got to think about the guy. Sorry. I. I uh, got I'll,
0: I'll think of someone else.
1: For the sake of—he's um, been there before. You know, the guy's been—he was a World Series MVP. He's been to two World Series. Been to numerous playoff games. He's—if this team filled with just a bunch of kids—is really going to. You know, throughout this really contentious, tumultuous like tumultuous end to the season, he and Marcus are gonna be the two guys who are gonna like really steady it, keep everybody calm. Um, but also his productivity, if you have him at the top of the lineup, like you you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. there's really no um there's no breaks, man. Like where yeah. are you gonna where are you gonna have a break in this lineup where you're like, Oh, I can pitch around uh Teoscar Hernandez? Oh, I can't, great, cool. Well, and because of that, I
0: think, like, he's really going to
1: be the one to push them in the postseason. So,
0: George Springer. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the obvious one, then. Um, it's their MVP, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, what helps you win um, in the dog days of, of, uh, of the fall, I guess you could say, and in the playoffs um, and in clutch situations? It's your star. It's starting pitching and your star players. Um, think about the run that the Nationals had in their in their World Series run. Giovanni Soto stepped up in those big moments. He carried that team. It wasn't Anthony Rendon who was their best player that year. It was their star player, their future star. I mean, Anthony Juan Soto. Juan Soto. Did I say Giovanni? Whoops. Juan Soto. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it's it's so when it was Juan Soto, it's got to be it's got to be Vlad Guerrero. Young kid. Let's see if he can step up to the moment. Let's see if he can produce. Um, so I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna go with the obvious one since you took mine.
1: Jesus Christ, what an obscure player to name in Giovanni
0: Soto. I mean, for four no, months, I great.
1: You're not wrong there. That's oh yeah. God. That's a pull. That is a pull. Lastly, let's let's go with our boys. For me, uh I, I'm kind of going to kind of talk about something that our, our dude Martin Gallegos brought up. And I'm gonna say Jan Gomes, dude. Uh, Jan Gomes, since he's come over Mm -hmm. and he's pitched with Frankie, or he's been catching Frankie. Frankie was pretty solid before he got here post All-Star break, but he's really turned it to the next level. I think especially if we're going to kind of roll with this inexperience of this rotation, you're going to need the veteran to really guide them through, and I really do think this team is much better. You know, No offense to Murph right now. Uh, I think this team is much better with Jan behind the plate to just kind of... You know, calm down those the vets or the young kids. Um, show them, you know, when it comes certain matchups, how to work with them. He's going to be really caught behind that piece because
0: right now this rotation's falling apart. So, Yon's going to be the one to piece together the rest of the month. Speaking of Frankie, minus Frankie, for all the reasons I said in the first half of this podcast, our ace is gone. For now, we'll see what happens. He was throwing on the field the other day; it looked pretty good. Our ace is gone. We need to find a new one. Who's been our best pitcher in the second half of the season? Frankie Montas. We need to rally around him. We need to establish the roles of these other young starters. We need to know our identity going into this run. If Frankie can lead this staff, both on and off the field, which he's more than capable of doing, you see him in the in the dugout, fucking around with Shamanai and everybody. He is like he's like a he's a, a, a clubhouse favorite. Everybody, everybody loves to hang out with Frankie in the dugout. If he can do that, I think this team will be successful, and I think that our starters can go late in innings. Our bullpen can get some rest, and we can use the crucial guys at the end of games that we need to use in order to close out these games. And the offense needs to keep going. But I'm not as worried about. Th- I'm pretty confident in the offense. Knock on wood, if you're with me. Pretty confident in the offense in the past couple games. What I've seen. Because they've been doing the same thing they've been doing all second half of the season, playing small ball. Just it's finally working. They're finally getting on base. And they're finally like getting those hits and taking advantage of of the situations that the pitchers have given them. Um, getting ahead in the count. That's the that's the main point of of what that is not what they've been doing on that terrible offensive run. They were getting behind in the count. If you can get ahead in the count, you can fuck with the pitcher's head a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's Frankie because he needs to lead the staff um to hopefully the wild card at least all right before i finish chris
1: it is october fifth yeah october 5th i got the day right it's october 5th who is the al wild card game who is in it give me your your biased obviously and then what do you think the realistic one's gonna be
0: I think my bias one, because it'd be so much fun, would be the Mariners and the A's. That'd be so much fun. They right? gave a chef's kiss. That'd be so much fun. But I think realistically, I think the Yankees host this game. I don't see them. They're just too good. I just don't see them in in not in the wild card. Um, and I think I think I think we can host it. I look, the Blue Jays are on a great run but based on the series against us i'm not too confident in like what they're doing like their record i think is a mirage of what they're doing cuz they got lucky in two of those three games very lucky we just blew it it's not like they it's like and they and they had to come back by quite a lot i think we were up by 6 runs in that in that first game we were up by 4 runs in the second game like come on like like your your record and your your split in the last ten games is a mirage. I'm not I'm not convinced on that. Um, Red Sox are my down. Mariners are. I don't know. I still think we're better than Mariners, but yeah, I think we're playing the Yankees in the Bronx. Um,
1: I agree with you with the bias. I love a, if we get an AL West wild card. So much that'd fun. be such a middle finger to. Everyone and and I oh my god that'd be so awesome who wouldn't love that oh actually I know a lot of people would love that uh, realistically though I think it's going to be <sighs> don't hate me I think it's gonna be Red Sox Jays I think the A's are gonna miss what about the Red Sox do you think that would get them there um I I think they're the steadiest team out of they've been the steadiest team throughout the bunch throughout the season yes they've fallen off yes the rotations kind of hit the shits a little bit but i think they've kind of been pretty even killed throughout this year and i think i think they're not going to v- advance i'll tell you that but i think they're just going to be hmm. subpar enough where they're just going to maintain the ship and keep going especially if Matt Barnes is on COVID IL. If he can come back and not blow games anymore, that'll help them out a lot. Um, and plus, like their strength of schedule, I think they were
0: around the five hundred yeah, level they, as well. Yeah, they they got it easy. They got it easy. They yeah. played the Orioles twice, and they played the Mets and the Yankees. Look, oh, wait, just and give and us a the, world where either Nationals, yeah, either the Yankees
1: or the Red Sox are not in it, or if twenty twenty one really wants to treat us well. Both of those teams aren't in it.
0: I don't know, man. The Jays have to play the Rays twice. I wouldn't be Rays shocked twice. if by the time they
1: do play, but if I wouldn't be shocked if by the team, the time they do play the Rays, the Rays just have nothing to play for, and they're like, "Yeah, go ahead." Well, they, they play have the Rays.
0: They play the Rays once next week, and then again the following. week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And they have to play the Yankees, who do have something to play for. I I don't know, man. I I'm honestly not a huge seller on the have nothing to play for, um, thing either. Cause like, especially if you're a team going to the playoffs, and let's say you have let's say you have the lead. Going into six games left, you're not gonna just like coast going into the playoffs. No, you like you want your momentum to carry the playoffs. So you're not just you're gonna still keep playing. I don't know. I'm not sold on that personally. That's just me. But I, I, no, I dig. I dig what you're saying. Yep. Yeah.
1: Uh, upcoming schedule talk. Let's time to go. Bring Bring it on back to Oakland A's baseball. Uh, they have a three game series this coming weekend against the Texas Rangers, followed by another three game series against the Kansas City Royals. A pretty favorable schedule of this next week. Uh, you know, knock on wood if you're with me, they they should be able to take a majority of these games, but it, they're kind of extremely unpredictable right now so we shall see chris a lot a lot to talk about in terms of success in this last week but who would you say would be your player of the week from this last week
0: frankie monta was talking a lot about him but you know what it's because he's kicking that ass and he kicked that ass today uh when you go uh seven innings strong you get my player of the week um, off of uh, a couple solid starts. He's been the only good sign of our pitching staff in the past uh, two weeks. Or a week and a half. So, I'm going with Frankie. Who's yours? I'm going to go with our new leadoff hair-
1: hitter. I was going to say new leadoff Harrison. <laughs> Josh Harrison, man. uh the last week, he batted 300. He got nine killing it. hits I love it. and 30 at-bats. He scored five times, six, run- or six singles, three doubles, um, I think the one thing that he could probably work on a little bit more is just kind of the, the plate discipline that, like, Canna has. Yeah. And I think if he can kind of do that, just kind of be the real job of being a leadoff hitter and just taking those pitches, it could really pull him to the next level because, dude, I love this. I love Josh Harrison so much, and I'm going to be super depressed if and when he does leave this team. So we got to take these moments where we have it, but Josh Harrison... Keep it up, man. I think he's going to be a real important part of the year.
0: Uh, in I don't terms think it's essential- unrealistic that we could re-sign him, but um, it's probably not realistic. Uh essential tools. We were,
1: you know, we didn't record last week, so we're going to talk about the two. We don't have the stats in front of us, but look, the names are going to say itself. Uh, Chris had Lou Trevino. Mm-hmm. I had Mitch Moreland. Ugh. Yeah. No, okay. More no. uh, Water under the bridge. That was. A mulligan and we're gonna uh start over fresh with this week. Um Chris, do you have anybody in mind off the top of your head who is gonna be your essential tailgate tool of the week?
0: Yeah, Yasmer Petit. Um sorry, I'm um looking down for these polls. Uh Yasmer Petit, um uh, we need some middle relief help. Um he's been Mr. Reliable for the past three seasons on this team. Need him to get to get back to form. He struggled a little bit in the last few outings. Um, so we just need help, dude. And you've always been there to fucking clean it up. So just get back here, bro. We just need you, bro. We just need you. Yes, Pati is my essential take of two of the week. I hope that he steps up to play. Who was yours?
1: Uh, it's going down.
0: I'm yelling Pinder.
1: Uh, <laughs> look, folks, I'm, so I'm going
0: he had a great hit today. Yeah,
1: so. I, I'm I'm going to con- have a confession to our listeners here. Uh, over this last couple weeks since he's been back up, I've really thought about like because of the role Josh Harrison and and Tony Kemp have been filling in over this last really since they since the Harrison trade happened. Uh, i thought Chad Pinder was a little expendable. Um. I think his really best things is he's an awesome fielder, and he's arguably our third best outfielder when he's healthy. But like offensively, this—I know he's been hurt, but he just hasn't been. He's he's a 169 hitter in the time he's been in this lineup. Tonight he had a triple, so I'm hoping this is kind of a turn and uh, turn the page moment for him, where he can kind of get his confidence bat confidence back with his bat. And I hope because of the injury, not really hope, but um, because of the inju- injuries, I think this is a time for him to show like how important he actually is to this offense when he is healthy. So because of that, I think Chad Pinder, Central Tiger Tool of the Week, keep an eye out on him, and please don't let me down.
0: It's going down. We'll yell and me move, We're here to dance. It's a great song. All right, I was gonna play. sing, "Don't let me down." I, I don't know why Cause that I had said, to do. Oh, because I yeah, said, "Don't let me down." Got it, got it. I mean, great Beatles song, classic. Oh yeah, killer. Uh, all right, Julio, let's uh update the polls. Um, the magic are, polls. We uh we uh we didn't poll so much um the week before last, so I was looking for him, but we know we didn't do you know there wasn't a lot to catch up to if that makes sense we did have a couple but i got i don't think there was i think okay go ahead go for it but there but before that like the long the latest i found was september 1st um i went all the way back to october 23rd nothing um so chris davis had just rejoined the team how many home runs will chris davis hit in september 37% Thirty-seven percent of the uh, of the polls. Wow, thirty percent, seven percent of the audience said one to five. Not too keen on that. Thirty uh, percent said six to ten, but you know, I would say that was a bad guess. All right, scrolling up here. All right, <laughs> we deleted a poll. Do you remember what the original poll was? It was something like like who oh who will be the most productive September call up. And we read a I read some of fake news, uh yeah, we got that played. said buddy Reed would be in it, so uh we're gonna ignore that who who do you like to be uh oh, sorry, who would you have liked to have seen called up sixty five point six percent of the audience said Nick Allen, a little shocking he didn't get called up i agree um twenty eight percent said buddy Reed, but I don't think he's healthy, so it doesn't matter. Scrolling up here. Uh, Almost almost there, Dano. Get it? I wish we had some, like, pole music. Um, I'm going to work on that. Hold on. You had a bunch of polls this week. (laughs) Well, don't. I mean, if I find it, now you're you're singing over it. How dare you jump my scene? All right, here we go. Who's going to be the next member of Cooperstown to represent the A's? 58.8% of the audience, said Billy Bean. Uh,
1: I don't think there's really any. Even though there was a couple of people who did mention
0: veteran committee. You
1: made it very broad. Well, who who really, player-wise, who's going to go in next? I don't think there's
0: anybody in my lifetime. Our lifetimes are going to be getting in. No, soon. I know. I know. So he like, he, so Julio's options were the bash bros era, which got 23.5%. That's not going to happen. Steroids, uh, Moneyball era, 14.1%. And then Billy bean was 58.8%. He pretty much dominated that poll 85 votes. Good job. Julio. Um,
1: I was going to say though, somebody brought up, uh, <clears throat> a potential like veteran committee, Burke Campanaris. And then I replied like, or like, you Ooh. know, Burke, uh, veterans committee Vita blue and, he was like oh shit yeah they both could so you know fingers crossed maybe we can make a petition or something going for them
0: touche so this poll is only three hours old but i think we can set it and say it's done what team is more depressing to be a fan of the a's or the u.s men's national team 69.1 percent of the audience said the a's 69 my favorite number julio fun fact i disagree hard with that not with your
1: 69 cool for you but um <laughs> at least the no, a's have it's something definitely
0: it's definitely team usa
1: yeah like what the hell do they show have to show at least the a's in our lifetimes have been like consistently winning and and going to the playoffs and although, at least i can say the a's have won a world series since i've been born
0: although julio this season might be the 2018 world cup of the united states men's national team they might miss the playoffs completely (sighs) we can't think that way though but yeah it's it's you it's u.s. men's national team they fucking missed a play they missed a world cup at least the a's are how many teams go to the world cup every year 32 uh used to be 24 but it's about to be extended to no not 24 yeah 24 it's about to be or no i can't remember it doesn't matter I'm wrong. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm wrong, though. It's not 24. It's Either way, eight. it's the U.S. National. But, it's about that, to be extended to 42, I think. or 40, That's 48. more depressing.
1: Is rooting for if you're one of your top choices teams in life is the U.S. men's soccer team. You got a lot of life to think about. I
0: mean, the world's number one sport. A lot more teams play that sport. Just saying. A lot more people. Anyway, those are the polls. Don't forget to vote on our polls because they're fun. Vote early and vote often. Uh, all right, Leo. Any uh, final last comments? Uh,
1: one, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the gate. Boom. Follow our dudes at, at Around the Diamond on Twitter as well. Wherever you get your podcasts, like, subscribe, whether it be Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. And last but not least, I got to give a quick shout-out to this nifty little shirt I got right here. Um, baseball's last dive bar. Make sure to, if you're an Oakland A's fan support the shit out of these guys. Not only do they put out a lot of great merch. Chris, do you have your mug on hand by any chance?
0: I don't. I, the, I fucked up. I won the black cup today. My but bad. anyways,
1: um, not oh, only do they do... but I got the sticker do, or... Hey, hey, look. Hey, me too. Look at that. Hey. Yeah. Um, Not only do, do they do a lot of great stuff in terms of merch for Ace fans, they do a lot of amazing things for the Ace community. The, community they recently donated, I want to say um like fifteen hundred dollars over to the child uh child cancer preservation fund that was going on as a part of like child cancer awareness last night in Oakland. So keep supporting them. You guys are the best. We love what you do. So it's fun Our
0: boy Brian the there. Kingpin over there. That's his that's his homies. So yeah. Um fuck I wanna say something but I forgot. Oh No, I can't remember. God damn it. It was when you were talking about, refresh my memory really quick, just before we go. You were talking about following us on these platforms and doing, oh, hey, we're going to start doing some green rooms and some Twitter Ah oh hey, oh, hey, I yeah, thought of it. Cool. And some Twitter live stuff. Uh, we're going to try and collaborate. I know we know Jay, our boy Jason does a lot of that, so we're going to start doing some more stuff of that, so we'll tweet that out when we do that and listen to those. That should be fun. Join us. Especially green room, you can talk with us and hang out with us. So we're gonna do some more stuff of that, some like game wrap ups, maybe some live watching the game stuff. Um, so look out for that shit. Um, that's gonna do it for today's for this week's podcast. We'll see you next week. Um, hopefully, we'll have something more fun to talk about next week because uh, we won't be depressed that our team's losing. Last but not least, Julio, Frankie says, relax and. Okay.
1: Let's go, Oakland.
0: Bye. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly, Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go, Oakland.